Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where you can learn more about Downhouse School. In this series, we spotlight areas of the school which our listeners have told us they would like to know more about. Today, we spotlight languages, where girls are inspired to learn, love and take up a wide range of different languages. Our host, Simon Jones, speaks to Mrs Jane Basnett, our Head of Modern Languages, and Amy and Mena in the Upper Sixth, all studying languages at A-level. Madame Basnett, thank you for being here. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to be here in school. Just for the people who are listening, describe where we are in school, what we can see around us. Okay, so we are sitting in a little office here and through the window there I can see Garden House, which is where all the language learning happens. Um, For me, that is the heart of the school. And to my right at the back there, I can see the concert room and the dining room and a little bit of the lovely uh, landscape and garden. Fantastic. Well, it's great to get an understanding of where we are here in school. In a moment, we're going to be speaking to Amy and to Mena. But first of all, I just want to find out a few things from yourself. You're head of modern languages here at school. But tell me where your own love of languages came from. I mean, when you were when you were younger, what was it about languages that made you think, oh, this is something I could I'd like to work in? Well, when I was very young, my mother did her degree at a local university in in London. And because she couldn't live abroad, we had a Spanish au pair come to live with us. And so she used to speak every day in Spanish to the Spanish au pair. And I would mimic that all the time and not really understand anything. But I loved to listen. And we then used to travel to Spain every holiday. But interestingly, I never learned Spanish in any formal way. So my Spanish is very much um, learnt just as any child would learn English, I suppose. And then I was very lucky at school as I had an inspirational teacher. He taught me French and German and I just, he was passionate about it. He used to take us off to trips and show us films and play old, uh, old music. He had this wind up record player because that's how old I am and that's how old he was. He had a wind up record player and he would pay, play these old songs from the 1930s and 40s from France and I just uh, I was I was hooked from that moment so for me that's where the passion comes. You mentioned about having an inspirational teacher when you were young I mean clearly that's an important thing but tell me a little bit about why that's so important and how much of a difference that makes especially here at a school like Down House. I think that if you can't get on with your teacher that immediately puts in it puts in place some difficulties mm because there's a barrier. If there are no barriers and you can speak to your teacher and you can understand them and you get on well with them, I think uh, you are then very much on the path to listening and hearing. You're, you're hearing what's being said, you're learning, you're open for learning and you're open to pick up that passion and enthusiasm. Tell us a bit more about the languages department here at school. I mean, how many members of staff are there working in that department and what does it all look like? It's a large department. We have about 20 at the last count. Sometimes I do have to count because we offer French, Chinese, German, Spanish, Italian. Those are all on the curriculum. But we also offer Russian and Arabic sometimes and Japanese privately. And Japanese is very popular as well. I don't know where that love comes from, but um, at the moment it's definitely the language in vogue in terms of private lessons and students wanting Japanese. Um, And we offer French in the remove and the lower four, 
and we offer the other languages, Chinese, German, Spanish and Italian, from upper four onwards. And in fact, we do offer a little bit of Chinese for the remove if they've already come with some experience. Gosh. Yeah. Okay, so so just jumping in quick, you mentioned upper four and you mentioned remove. Just for anyone listening who doesn't understand that terminology, what, what what's that in old money? Well, remove is year seven, so it's 11 plus, and upper four is year nine, mm-hmm. which is 13 plus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to just think about checking. that. I did have to think. <laughs> yeah. And often we have girls who come in um, in upper four, year nine, who have prior experience of a language. And we love that too. We are able to deal with girls with prior experience. We will um, create a, a unique program for them. If Ideally, if there's some others in their year group who have that prior experience, we'll put them together and we push them on. So they'll sit their GCSE early. Mm-hmm. And then once they've completed their GCSE, we create a little program for them where they, they can develop their love of culture and understand a little bit more about the literature side of of study of a language. And they work on that in a very um, low-key kind of way, low stakes. There are no exams really for those girls once they've done their GCSE, but then they're ready to fly at A-level. Now, we're going to speak to Amy in a moment, in particular, because one of the things you just said there, Jane, is that you, you love it when, when people join the school and they've already got a bit of background experience in mm-hmm. speaking that language. But with Amy, I think she learned... Spanish from scratch from joining in upper four in year nine. So we're going to speak to Amy now. Amy, tell us what it was like for you when you were joining here as someone who couldn't speak that language at all. Yeah, so I had the option of different languages. So I chose French, which I was already doing to continue that. And then um, I chose to do Spanish from scratch out of all of the options because I thought that it was like one of the most like widely spoken languages in the world. And I really enjoyed the first year, you know, it was just all of the basic stuff. And then we could choose after that first year if we wanted to continue on to GCSE. And yeah, because I really enjoyed it, um, I did it for GCSE and then now I'm doing it for A-level as well. So you could already speak a bit of French then yeah. and you didn't speak any Spanish at all. No. Tell us about the French that you were speaking. Did you enjoy speaking French at that time? Not exactly. When I came to down, it was it was the exam that I did the worst in. But I still wanted to continue it anyways. Um, and it was kind of throughout, like, whilst I was here that, like, I found a love for it. Um, because originally, I didn't think I was very willing to learn in lessons. And I never really used to hand in my prep, as Mrs. Bassnett knows. But kind of, like, after we had some exams and I did well in them, I started to pay attention more, realised that I really enjoyed it. And this, I mean, this is kind of cringe because Mrs. Bassnett is in the room, but like it, it was kind of like your like passion for the for the subject and your like confidence in me that um, like inspired me to want to continue it more. That's really interesting because Madame Bassnett just now was was talking about how important it is to have an inspirational teacher. Yeah. With her sat here in the room, you're actually kind of unintentionally embarrassing her yeah. by, by saying that that's exactly what she is. <laughs> So tell me why you feel like that makes such a difference from your point of view as a pupil here. I think having a teacher that inspires you and you get along with, it makes you look forward to the lessons, you know, you're a lot more open to learning. And like, I remember talking to you about the A-level and you were telling me all the stuff that was on offer and stuff. And that's why I like A-level languages is because there is so much that you can do, but in one subject, you know, you can do literature, you can do politics, you can do history, and it's all like in that one subject. So it's a really wide range of things, but in a different language. 
Sure. And then what are you planning on doing? Because you're in Upper Sixth at the moment. What are you planning on doing after you leave here? At the moment, I want to continue French and Spanish. Um, and then I'll just see where that takes me afterwards. So that's a real turnaround, isn't it? Joining here in year nine, upper four, not liking one particular language from your previous experience and now going on to university and, and including that in your university choices. Yeah, yeah. I never would have thought that after getting a D in my exams that I would be doing it now. But yeah. That really is amazing. Uh, any idea at the moment which university you want to go to or, or how far away from home you want to be? I know I want to stay in the UK and I don't want to stay too close to home, but uh, yeah, not, not too sure yet, but I'll get there. Okay. And just for a bit of background, where, whereabouts in the country are you from and are you a day girl or are you boarding here? I board, but I don't live too far away. I live near Oxford. Okay, right. Fantastic. Well, now we're going to speak to Mena, who sat right next to Amy. Mena, I understand that you've been involved in a publication, a magazine, is that right, that's been put together by yourself and someone else. Tell us what, that, what that's all about. Yes. So me and Alfreda, we put together a magazine called Lingua over the summertime, I think it was. And we got a lot of entries from people around the school, either in English or in their actual language. Or maybe one that they just learned, like telling people what languages mean to them or like whether I think we had a very interesting one about like the biodiversity behind languages. OK, and describe what the magazine looks like, you know, what kind of size is it? Roughly how many pages is it? Is it the kind of thing that's going to be coming out annually or weekly? You know, is it a, is it a small thing weekly or is it a bigger thing annually? Yeah, so it's like an A4 piece of paper and it's quite it's about like 40 pages in the magazine. And I think it's coming out annually annually so every year each of the language ambassadors so 40 pages that, that's a lot of content in there that must have taken a long time to put that together yes it did we carried on over the summer holidays even okay and i understand as well that there is a survey in there that was carried out amongst pupils and some of the teaching staff here as well tell us a little bit about what's in there and what sort of questions and you know how you went about getting those survey results so in the summertime we ran our language survey to see how many people spoke different languages and to see how multilingual our school community was so about 108 pupils and staff um completed the survey so we asked how many languages people spoke fluently and most people spoke one language but it was very neck and neck between one language and two languages. So most people were bilingual as well. So it was like half the downhouse community was bilingual. And so we also wanted to see whether if people have the opportunity to, whether they would pick up another language or if it wasn't mentioned in the survey, what other languages they would speak. So in terms of what other languages people spoke, most people spoke Yoruba, Swiss, German, Hausa, Punjabi and Hokkien. And so that was really interesting to see. Mm. Most people, even if they um, like don't do the language, they do want to like experience it. So we asked as well to see what the majority would want to do. And 25% of people wanted to speak, would like to speak French. 15% wanted to speak Italian and about 11% wanted to speak Japanese. And what's the language that you're learning to speak here then? Um, Mandarin. Now, a lot of people say that's quite hard to learn. How are you finding it? So it was very hard at first. Like when I first started, I didn't really understand because it's not, it's not really characters in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like shapes and lines. So you have to kind of like decode that, which was a lot at first. But as I went on, it got progressively easier, I would say. I think the reading it is easier than actually hearing people. 
mm-hmm. which is strange because with other languages, it's usually the other way around. But is that because it is visual? So you can take a bit of time to, to, to look at it visually and then absorb it that way? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think because with radicals and things like that, which are like in the characters, you have certain things which can tell you what the char- what the character means. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the character and you don't really know what it, what it means, you can kind of tell whether, if it's the water radical, you can tell whether it's swimming pool, whether it's fountain that you're looking at, which is quite interesting. And tell us about what you're planning on doing next year. Are you hoping to take this to university as well? Yes, I am. I'm not looking to do just straight Mandarin, but I'm looking to do a combination course with Mandarin and business. Okay, Mandarin and business. That could lead to some good opportunities after you leave university then. Hopefully. Excellent. And then also, just for the sake of anyone listening, where are you from and are you a day girl or are you boarding? So I'm from Nigeria and I'm a boarder and I've been a boarder since removed. And if you're from Nigeria, that makes sense then that you're boarding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Madame Baznet, uh, or Madame Baz, as I understand some of the girls here refer to you as, uh, I'd love to just get a little bit more of an understanding from you. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts on what Amy and Mena were just saying? Well, obviously, I'm super proud of what Amy said it's the thing that i'll go home and talk about this evening when somebody asks me how was your day and i'll say well my job I, you know i know i've done my job because um i am the reason why somebody has studied my subject mm-hmm. and that is surely why i do the job mm. so i have created another linguist so that's great so thank you very much amy mm. mena was talking obviously about the magazine and, and what M- mena briefly alluded to the fact that it was uh, created by the language ambassadors. And that is a new um, system that we put in place a few years ago. And it's just we've got better and better at managing our language ambassadors who we draw from our lower six linguists. Mm -hmm. I make them apply, but I'm going to give away a secret here. Everybody who wants to be a language ambassador can be a language ambassador. But I love to see what ideas they may have. And they help us. It's like a leadership role within languages. And the girls, they perhaps either they provide extra support for lower year groups and they um, they help us with events that we run. And this year, for the first time, they created this amazing magazine, uh, and Mena, which Mena has mentioned. And she should be really proud of it because they put a lot of hard work into that. And in terms of Mena and her Chinese, that for me is a real success story because to start in year nine and then to want to carry on at university, that also makes me proud because it makes me realise that, you know, what we're doing in department is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. We're providing what a, an amazing opportunity. We need to watch out for that, for your name, Mena, in future. Mm-hmm. Global leader, Chinese and business. <laughs> I think there's you, you've got a, a good path there. You've heard it here first, for sure. Jane, we know that it's great to be able to learn these subjects here in school, but what opportunities are there for some of the pupils to develop these languages by being overseas at any time? So we run, um, well, we used to run trips and this thing came along. So an annoying thing came along called COVID. So we stopped running trips, but now they are back on the agenda. Amazing. And they are there are opportunities. So this year we have some new plans afoot. We have a couple of German trips, Christmas market. We will also have a, a homestay visit, um, which we're organising for our German linguists. We have a Spanish trip. I can't remember if it's one or two, which will be cult, part cultural and part linguistic. And there'll be some flamenco dancing there. I, I 
it may be open to upper sixths as well. I'm not sure. I'm just looking at Amy here. Um, and that would be a very, and it's to Barcelona. For French, well, for French, that's a slightly different story because in year eight, Le Four as we call it, we the girls have an opportunity to go for a whole term. You know, all the girls get this opportunity. They go for a term to our our school in France, down in the south, Sauveterre. It's near Toulouse, um, beautiful part of the country. It's a beautiful chateau, and they spend a term there learning French. They do um, many of their subjects in French, and you know they carry on with curriculum-based lessons. They also get the opportunity to go on lots of what we call sorties, and they go off and they visit local places of interest. Um, perhaps make they make connections with the local community. So that's a fantastic opportunity for them to build their language, to build their knowledge their, uh, of vocabulary, the type of vocabulary that they might not meet in the classroom. Sometimes I'm amazed when they, they come back and they say, yeah, I know that word. And I, I think, how on earth? I, I think one particular one was a seatbelt. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to them, but how do you know, how do you know seatbelt? It's not on the curriculum. And they say, oh, you know, when we used to go on sortie, uh, we were always told, put on your ceinture. So they, they knew they knew the word from, from that experience. And, and they know many words from that experience. Mm. So that's the Sauveterre experience. Uh, I think that stays with them for, well, forever, really. And I think, unfortunately, our upper six here today didn't experience it because of, co oh, Mena did experience it. So Mena has experienced Sauveterre. So we carry on using Sauveterre we, for our older year groups. We're, it will be the first time we've done this, but we're planning to take our GCSE year group, our upper five, to Sauveterre to have sort of an intensive three, four days speaking French mm. in anticipation in, to get ready for their French oral. And we will plan to use, next summer, we plan to use the, um, Sauveterre as well for our sixth formers, our lower six, going into upper six. So they have that opportunity to go out and use French and make it real. I'm really glad you mentioned Sauveterre because we've got a whole podcast episode on Sauveterre. So uh, just for anyone listening to this right now, if you wanted to find out more about that, then just do a search in your podcast app and you can find a whole episode on that. Now, Jane, I've got a couple of quick questions for you here. First of all, tell me which languages you speak yourself. Well, French is obviously uh, the one that I teach here. I also can teach Spanish up to uh, up to a certain level. I, I probably could teach it, you know, old, to older students in the school, but I don't trust my own confidence in it because obviously, as I told you, I learnt it very much as a child and I've never really learnt it formally. But the other language I did at university was Russian. Ooh. French and Russian. Gosh, so there's a real combination there. Fun question. Let's imagine that you are only allowed to keep one of those languages, speaking one of them. Would you keep French or would you keep Russian? Well, it would be interesting. I would keep Russian, but I have not kept my Russian up oh. since university. So the reason I would keep Russian is it would force me to get my Russian back because it is like riding a bicycle. You never lose it. Mm -hmm. So if you, you uh, put me in with a Russian family, you know, I don't know how long it would be. You know, a month or two, I reckon it would all come back. Mm, I'm sure it'd come back very, very quickly. And then let's imagine that you can learn a new language overnight, a language you don't speak at all right now, but you can learn it fluently overnight, like it's some kind of plug-in. What would you choose? I think I would choose Arabic. Oh. I think it sounds... So I find Arabic a very interesting language in that it sounds 
sometimes very harsh to me, and at other times I think it sounds just beautiful. Mm. And when I read, I read a lot of French literature, especially literature that links into North African culture, and a lot of that literature will include written in French, but it will include Arabic words, and I find myself saying them outside, out loud with what I imagine to be an Arabic lilt. And I just think it sounds fantastic. And I like to watch, um, I, you know, when I watch programs, I always watch them in the original, so I may see some Arab, some films with Arabic in it. And I, I think it sounds beautiful. And yet at other times I find it very scary. And the challenge of learning a language with a different font, obviously a different script rather. Obviously I, I went through that with Russian I I found that an extraordinarily exciting time. When I went to university, the first three weeks, I'd never done Russian. The first three weeks was basically learning all the basics of the language. And it was really exciting to suddenly know so much. Three weeks of intense, just learning a language. So I'd like to do that again with Arabic. Sounds very good. Uh, Madam Basnet, we need to bring this episode to a close now. Final question, where could people get hold of a copy of Lingua, the, the actual magazine that Mena was talking about? Well, Lingua is going to have its big launch in a couple of weeks' time when we um, we have a big event. The department are running a big event over in our Murray Centre. And so the magazine, the hard copy magazine, will be will be plastered all around school site. So that's in a couple of weeks' time. And it will also be available online issue um, as, with, an electro, you know, with a link. I don't know how that gets... I guess we'll share that out via the school website. Fantastic. Well, we've got that to look forward to. So thank you very much for that, Madam Basnet. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amy. Thank you. And thank you very much, Mena. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school's website, downhouse.net. And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.